This is the Rocky Mountain Review. I'm J.D. Layton. I'm Emily Moshek. Only on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. Hello and welcome to the Rocky Mountain Review. I am J.D. Layton, one of two hosts. I'm joined in studio by the hostess with the mostest. Emily Moshek. As well as our very own local reporters. Katie Otter. And me, it's a while. And we're here to deliver you your dosage of all the news you need here at 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. Plus a special recycling segment later in the show and some interesting discussions about Girl Scouts suing the Boy Scouts. Interesting stuff. Wow. I, technically, they're not actually the Boy Scouts. They're just the, oh, the scouts. scouts. That's right. The Scouts. Which, you know, all right. All right. I think we have All the Scouts right. and, and Girl Scouts. I, we'll, we'll save that. We'll get into it later, so you better stay tuned. <laughs> For another time. And on that note, we're going to dive right on into local news. So keep that dial locked to learn out what's going on right here in northern Colorado. Colorado elected the first gay male governor in U.S. history on Tuesday, reports Denver 7. Jared Polis won the Colorado governorship 52% of the vote, with opposing candidate Walker Stapleton taking 44% and 4% to other candidates. Democrats swept other state positions, with Phil Weiser winning the attorney general race, Dave Young winning the treasurer's position, and Gina Griswold defeating incumbent Secretary of State Wayne Williams. Democrat Joe Neguse took 60% of the vote to take Polis's seat in the U.S. House of Representatives, repeat, defeating Republican Peter Yu, Libertarian Roger Bar- Barris, and Independent Nick Thomas. Propositions 73, 74, and 112 all failed, as well as both propositions pertaining to tax increases to fix transportation infrastructure. Democrat John Cafalas won the open county commissioner seat. Republican clerk and re- recorder Angela Myers maintained her position with nearly, nearly 60% of the vote. Republican Irene Jazzy won the Larimer County Treasurer's position, and Democrat Bob Overbeck looks to have won the Assessor's position, but only by 1.44% of the vote. The Mental Health Center proposition passed in Larimer County. And speaking of mental health propositions, 10 counties in Colorado voted to have a total of $67 million go towards mental health measures that will help to treat and prevent mental health issues and substance abuse, according to a press release from Mental Health Colorado. Adams, Arapahoe, and Douglas County voters chose to fund mental health programs in their schools. Boulder County voted to fund jail-based services, while Pitkin County allotted funds towards more community resources. Other communities that pass mental health measures include Denver, Jefferson, Larimer, San Miguel, and Summit. Larimer County specifically passed Issue 1A, which calls for preventative care, early identification, intervention, support, and treatment services for citizens struggling with mental health. It's good stuff right there. I'm glad I'm glad things like that are actually getting passed and put into place. I feel like it's been a big problem, and I know that there's... Sometimes it feels like there's a lack of resources, and it's good to know that uh, sort of state funding is getting pushed for, towards that. And I know CSU's made a big effort to uh, incorporate things like that with uh, what the new 
Health Center. They have a big emphasis on mental health and mental uh, wellness. And we get free counseling services as students, which is cool. Yeah, yes. yeah, I think it's a good that we're putting an emphasis on that too. Yeah, it's really awesome, especially since it's something that other people can't see, so that can make it a lot harder to speak out if you're going through that stuff. But I guess just a little PSA from the Rocky Mountain Review, you're not alone, and if you're on the campus or just in Larimer County, there are resources out there to help you. Loveland City Council approved broadband utility, or high-speed internet, on Tuesday, according to a media release from the City of Loveland. The new measure will establish a city-owned broadband utility and allows city staff to operate the broadband network. Loveland will be cooperating with Fort Collins and Longmont on the project, which is estimated to take around three years to build the network. Loveland has poured almost $3 million into, the stu into studying the feasibility of the network over the past four years. Spending going forward will be dealt with in future meetings. That is interesting stuff right there. I'm uh, I'm curious to see how it's all going to pan out. I know that there is I the name of the town escapes me, but somewhere in Colorado they have their own high speed internet that uh, the city ends up running. That Apparently, cool. it's pretty good. Yeah, hopefully they've been the talking times. about it for a long time. So I guess in the few, although it'll take a it sounds like a few years to really get it going. Yeah, no, definitely. And it's, it's expensive. They just they poured $3 million just for research. I can't even begin yeah, to fathom the costs that are going to go in to implement it. That's an entirely new infrastructure system to develop. Yeah. <sighs> it is It is a lot. But hopefully our internet will not suck as much, maybe. <laughs> if you live in Loveland. <laughs> That's the goal. <laughs> yeah. Right. If you live in Loveland. So yeah. yay, Lovelanders. <laughs> Loveland <laughs> listeners. <laughs> The Look, lovely Lovelanders. Lovely Lovelanders. <laughs> oh, I like that. All right. And on that note, we are going to take a quick break before we dive into our roundtable, where we sort of take a, a little bit of a deeper look in the election results. <laughs> so keep that dial locked. And you can always call or text in at 970-491-5278 to give us your two cents on the issue. And welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Review, your news talk show. Only here on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins, I am J.D. Layton, one of two hosts for the review. I am joined in studio by the other host. I'm Emily Machak. As well as our lovely local reporters. I'm Katie Otter. And I'm Mia Sawaya. First off, one of the things that I noticed about this election was the amount of libertarian votes that ended up going through. I know that's mm -hmm. not like a really big thing, but I feel like there was a markedly larger amount of people voting in that path and tract than they normally do, which I don't know if that's sort of a reflection of like discontent with uh, both major political parties, or maybe I'm just being ignorant and it's something that's pretty much standard. I don't know. I guess I feel like they do get not a lot of votes, obviously not to win, but I think especially of late, people have been very like, like a few years ago when the Green Party was like a huge thing and all that going on. I feel like they've been very focused on third party. For me personally, I do remember like going through the ballot and I read the first candidate and I was like, okay, like yeah, some stuff, but not really. And then I read the other guy and I had the same reaction. I was like, meh. So I was like a third party. But then I went to the third party candidates and they you didn't also have- also like meh? Well, they didn't really have any, they didn't have a legitimate- 
plan. Like, they didn't have a campaign. The guy had, like, one sentence on him. Like, he hadn't really campaigned. I was like, this guy even knows he's not going to win. Like, he's not planning on winning. So I was like, I can't vote for this guy. But yeah. I like, so I had to choose between the other mess. <laughs> I, I think that's one of the biggest problems with, with, like, third parties. They always just assume they're not going to win, so they never try and campaign super hard. Or maybe they don't have enough money to campaign. That yeah, is true is as well. Money is a big part of it. Money yeah. is – well, because both of – I mean, both Jared Polis and Walker Stapleton are well, well off. Oh, man. The amount mm-hmm. of money Walker Stapleton's uh, campaign put in, not even just him, but like the, the Colorado Republican Party put into that campaign. I don't know about y'all, but I probably got like 140 no, for real. gazillion like Jared Polis yeah. is bad type of, of you know schmear campaign stuff in which was yeah, yeah exactly there was like one where it was like Jared Polis changed his name because you beat a woman <laughs> I didn't I was read like, him I just looked at the pictures I was like I, was I don't like, think I don't that's right but mm-hmm. that's crazy that is beside the point if you guys have something you want to say on these recent midterm elections thoughts comments criticisms why do you think they went the way they went? You could always call or text in at 970-491-5278 and join the discussion on the review. You mentioned like um, that, like the funding for the Republican Party, but there was also like a lot of funding for um, Proposition 112 that mm-hmm. I was reading about, and there was like both parties. Like I know one side of the the side that won that like didn't want it to pass. They spent like 36 million dollars in funding on that, and I just thought that was crazy too. That yeah, is crazy. They're... It, it, it's interesting because Proposition 112, uh, which was the one that would reduce or increase the uh, the limit at which you could drill for oil away from, like, houses, schools, and things like that, that failed. But we ended up getting a, uh, uh, a governor who is committed to uh, 100% renewable energy for the state by 2040, which I – you know, part of me is like, oh, yeah, that's that's really interesting stuff right there. But I know at the same point in time, it almost feels like a moot point because some of Colorado's largest exports, the things that generates the most sort of uh, money and tax revenue are coal, oil, definitely non-renewable carbon-based resources. <laughs> the fact that the state's like, oh, we're going to shift away from those, but then we're just going to sell them to everybody else. It almost feels like a, a bit of a slap in the face, at least to me. Well, and it was interesting, too, um, how Proposition... 112 didn't pass, but then Amendment 74 also failed, which we were on Tuesday when we were talking about it. Amendment 74 was kind of the protection against. Oops, wow, I just slapped my microphone for anyone watching on the webcam. Very aggressive. You can see that. <laughs> KCSUFM.com, all of our embarrassing microphone moments. But anyway, um, yeah, Amendment 74 was kind of designed as a protection against 112. It was supposed to protect all the landowners who would have been affected by 112. And it's kind of funny to see that people voted no on that, but then also no on 112, which I guess... That is in a, interesting. Yeah, so it's kind of like two opposing sides not work. You know what I mean? It nothing, was strange. Nothing's happened. Yeah, but pretty much we are in the same spot. But I don't know. So that was kind of an interesting thing that I saw in the amendments for sure. We passed the uh, the definition of what industrial hemp is, though. We did. I didn't, yeah. I didn't I realize. I was actually just about to bring that up. All right, Katie, triggity drop it. I don't on know us. too much about it. I was just going to bring it up, but yes, <laughs> Amendment X passed, which is was the amendment to reclassify industrial hemp. Um, so does I, anyone know? I don't why? know too much about. Oh. I feel like most people um, didn't know too much about it, so we were kind of all just like, like, yeah, like what whatever, the hell? Yeah. Yes, well, that's, that's what I did. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. 
According no to Thomas Mitchell of Westworld, um, it was the Colorado was the only state in the country to have industrial hemp defined hmm. in its constitution. And huh. this is what the amendment was to reclassify it in the Colorado Constitution. And huh. it passed very narrowly. It, it, it needed 55% approval, and it got slightly over 60%. Yeah, hmm. here's, here's what the Colorado.gov state actually says industrial hemp is, in case you are, are like us and are a bit confused on what the definition is. Yes. Industrial hemp means a plant of the genus cannabis and any part of the plant, whether growing or not, containing a Delta-9 tetrahydrocannabinol THC concentration. <laughs> like, I, yeah, I, I read it and I was like, I don't know what this is. Concentration of no more than three tenths of one percent on a dry weight basis. The Colorado Department of Agriculture's industrial hemp program regulates only the cultivation of industrial hemp. The department also administers a certified seed program. I I don't. I know. I, one thing I do know is that it's it's a tricky thing. Like, uh, do you guys know the New Belgium Hemperer? beer that came out in april mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they had a lot they of had, trouble they had a lot of it. trouble yeah they had to jump through a lot of hoops and they ended up they brew it with the heart of hemp which is huh. i guess the only legal part of the plant that they were able to use but they have wait i mean is that just like a legality thing or if they had brewed it with other parts of hemp like they so you wouldn't get high they, either well, way no no there's no thc in it okay um, but they probably wouldn't have been able to obtain it that is strange I wonder if it'll change the recipe. Oh, mm. Ooh, something to look into. I don't know. But yeah, it was kind of, that reminds me a little bit of also the amendments. I want to say it was Amendment A. Oh, yes, Amendment A um, about the changing, like outlawing slavery. It was kind of a similar thing. Like slavery is obviously already outlawed. It was just changing the language from all the way back then. You know, what's funny is, you know, almost this exact same amendment was on the ballot two years ago. I was, and it didn't pass. And it didn't go through. I wonder what the sort of change in thought process was. I've, I think it was more that that amendment was just not really written very clearly, and people were like, I don't know what this is. So they all just said no. Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, it's it's still the same type of uh, legality, I suppose. Yeah, and I guess now there's officially... No slavery in our Colorado Constitution. Woo! Yay! Which is good. But I don't know. Were you guys surprised by the election results? I mean, it was definitely, at least in Colorado, almost all Democrat. Yeah. You know, I'm looking right now at the results of the attorney general. And that struck stuck out to me because that was the closest race. That did surprise me, actually. Um, it was only almost a 3% difference between phil weiser who the democrat ended up winning yeah and the republican george brockler there we go there we go go. i know that one surprised me the only other one that i don't know if it surprised me but it was um wayne williams and jenna griswold Mm. um yeah for secretary of state because wayne williams was like overall like he had good ratings like he was pretty well liked and even in places like the Denver Post, like who went like their predictions were mostly Democratic. They predicted Wayne Williams winning. And he was like Republican, definitely. But he was more in the middle and more moderate. So it was kind of interesting to see that he was upset by Jenna Griswold. That was the only one that really I was not sure about. But the other ones didn't really surprise me. But beyond that, I think I think the election panned out mostly the way I thought it would. I agree. I wasn't surprised. I I think it's because, I mean, everyone is so angsty about Donald Trump. 
Yeah. That didn't shock me. Yeah, I mean, there was definitely a really big voter turnout. I felt like I probably, I wish I would have looked at some statistics to see if it was a larger turnout than it normally is. But it definitely felt like there was a much bigger presence of people actively voting for uh, some type of change. Yeah, I think so. It's definitely good to see the participation all around and to know at least that you were a part of those results. Yeah, there and there are yeah, especially JD that you voted. We're so proud of you. Yes, JD oh, voted. Um, <laughs> I uh, you know, it's 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 my civic duty and honor to vote. I was going to vote anyway. No, we you guys know. act like I wasn't going to vote. I know. But going back to how you're just saying about the big presence and everyone, it seems like there were record numbers according to a tweet by former president Barack Obama. Mm. Um it was record numbers. Oh, wow. He, yeah. So well, that's good. Um, and, you know, there were a lot of firsts. There were. There were definitely you know? a lot of firsts. Um, so, you know. I mean, even Jared Polis being yeah. the first openly gay. Perfect example right there. There was another one. That sounds horrible. There is another um, LGBT woman who got elected, too, and I cannot remember her name. In Colorado? Mm-hmm. No, not Colorado, but in this election. That is something to point out. She's also the the one who's Native American. She's like Native American and Uh, LGBT. Hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. A lot of firsts. Lots of of women in the House of Representatives, more than there ever has been. Very, very interesting stuff there on a national level. So, the times, they are a-changing. They are. Although I've heard, and I guess... Play Bob Dylan. Yeah, play some (laughs) Bob Dylan. I wonder... (laughs) This makes me curious a little bit about how 2020 will turn out. I've heard some... Interesting arguments going both ways. Mm. Some people kind of think this blue wave will continue on to 2020. And others think that the blue wave is just enough time for it to flip back oh. to well, red. Well, I am on the edge of my seat for 2020. I know. I'm like, I don't know. I've heard some very interesting Can you wait two years? Interesting I don't arguments. know. I know. Tune into You're the gonna review have to. two years from now. <laughs> Should we come back as to get alumni? The update. And- <laughs> 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 on alumni. I know. I don't know. But it was definitely cool to see history take place yeah definitely well i don't know about y'all but i have my fair share of old mp3s cell phones and tablets and i just don't know what to do with but i know somebody who does know what to do with them and that's our very own (laughs) mia sawaya and she has got us some swanky danky reporting okay (laughs) on where to go if you don't quite know how to recycle or handle your old electronics and fun fact, if I'm not mistaken, you can even get some cash for them. So Ooh. keep that dial locked only here on 90.5 KCSU FM. a plethora of new electronics are released and purchased. I recently got a new phone, but I wonder what happened to my old one. To find out more about e-waste and recycling options for devices, I contacted Chase Freeman, a representative of the companies EcoATM and Gazelle. To summarize, EcoATM is a company that collects used devices like mobile phones, MP3 players, and tablets in an ATM-like device. These ATMs are electronically operated like a normal ATM, and they give you money in exchange for your used devices. 
EcoATM started in 2008, and Chase mentions that a goal of the company is to reuse and resell devices to keep unnecessary material out of landfills. He says that personal electronics have toxic materials like arsenic, lead, and mercury in them, which can end up in our air and soil if improperly disposed. If these chemicals enter our food chain through soil contamination, reproductive disorders, endocrine disruption, cancer, and other potential health issues can negatively affect our communities. This is why EcoATM prides itself in having diverted 17 million devices from landfills. Chase explains that once a device is bought through an ATM, his company either extends the device's life by reselling it online or responsibly recycles a broken device. The used devices are sold on gazelle.com, while the broken devices are recycled by EPA-recognized R2 standards. There are currently 3,000 eco-ATMs across the country, all of which are near malls, retailers, or grocery stores. The ATM in Fort Collins is at the Walmart on East Magnolia Street, as this location is common to locals. Chase explains that there are currently ATMs in 47 states, but the company is, quote, always looking for new opportunities. He also explains the company is expanding their used electronics website, gazelle.com, to the UK later this year. This means that when we recycle our old devices in an eco-ATM and receive money for it, anyone in the US or United Kingdom will be able to purchase the device and lengthen its life before it needs to be recycled. By allowing devices to reach their full potential before responsibly recycling them, EcoATM is reducing the amount of future mining required, landfill levels, and health issues caused by e-waste. Thank you, Chase Freeman, for the interview, and thank you for listening to the Rocky Mountain Review only on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. And welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Review. I am J.D. Layden. I am joined in studio by my co-host... Emily Masha. As well as our two local reporters... Katie Otter. And me, it's a while. And that was... Yeah, we just listened to like a a recycling beat that I did. Sorry to interrupt you. But I have something to add about that. Um, Basically, like, eco-ATMs, you can use them if you have a device that you've used and you're not sure about, like, where to put it, you can just put it in that ATM instead of selling it online because if if you don't sell it online basically you know for sure if you put it in this atm it will be properly recyclable so that's kind of the main point of this whole like company it's just kind of what i wanted to add see i you know phones and tablets and things like that like i don't know how to recycle that there's so many things that go in then you get your lithium ion batteries and all the other fancy schmancy metals and plastics and doodads and things that i just, i don't know what to do i can't i can't figure it out so i'm glad that there's somebody smarter than me who has these lovely lovely little eco atms where you can check your old just iphone do they have to be like iphones and stuff or can it be really old like i have some old like sidekicks from seventh grade that are just like dead oh, in man. the back of my closet Whoa. what a phone what i know a relic i know i'm like should i are those recyclable probably i think you probably can do that but. Should Emily bring back the sidekick, call her, text in, and let her know? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> On your sidekick. What is your opinion? <laughs> call us at 970-491-5278. Should Indeed. Emily bring back 
her sidekick. Yes, I, don't I actually don't is. even know if it would turn on anymore. Oh, I'm sure it would. Those things are it's like been indestructible. Like years. I don't know if I have my charger even. I just know I have. We'll make it happen somehow. We will. <laughs> we have the technology. The technology. I have my first iPod too. It's so oh, like wow. the big the oh, squares. I have all my old iPods. I have my iPod Shuffle. Remember that really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. The, it looks like a, a flash drive. Yeah. God, you could probably take it to the bars and people would think it was a jewel. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I bet you could if you like that. No, I can't promote this. Don't do that. Don't do don't that. Don't do that. But if you do, film post it, it on our Facebook page. And let us know how it goes. Because <laughs> that would be pretty great. Okay. Just no, on, it. no, it didn't. Don't do that. On that note, we're going to take a quick break before we dive into our national news. So keep that dial locked so you know what's going on in this big, wide world that we've got going on. Hello and welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Review, your news talk show. I am your host, J.D. Layton. I'm joined in studio by my co-host, Emily Moschek, as well as our two local reporters, Katie Otter and Mia Sawaya. And now we're going to dive right on into our national news coverage. A gunman shot and killed 12 people and injured up to 15 others in a country nightclub late Wednesday night, reports Bill Chappelle of NPR. The gunman entered the Thousand Oaks, California bar on its college country night and opened fire into the bar which was likely full of hundreds of people. The gunman has been identified as Ian David Long, who had a history of minor encounters with the police before the incident, and his motives for the shooting are still unclear. Long reportedly engaged in a shootout with officers where he fatally shot and killed Sergeant Ron Hillis and then later took his own life in an office at the front of the bar. Sad stuff. It's disgusting how this mm. keeps happening. It's really... I know. It's in, in, horrible. It's like it, it. The guy was like a former marine mm-hmm. and all of that. Apparently, he wasn't a very good or I don't want to say studious, but the equivalent of that term in in the armed forces. He wasn't. He wasn't particularly good at that. He had some encounters with uh, military police where he had uh, stolen from the, the the various base stores. Which I don't know why you would do that because you get that stuff at a discount anyway. Like that's a, that's like a gift. It's because he's crazy. Dude. People like this are insane. Yeah. But uh, and I and I guess the police came to his house earlier in the year for you know some PTSD stuff, and they didn't arrest him or anything like that, despite the fact that he was kind of being irrational. See, that's what I hate. Like I understand that legally they can't without evidence, and at hindsight is twenty twenty, of course. I don't know. Like I guess but, with things like that, it's like was he just having a bad day? But obviously there were some other underlying problems. Well, even if he is just having a bad day, you don't do that on a bad day like it's it's so messed up i don't know it's just one of those like you don't want to blame anybody except the person who did it but at the same time it really definitely ignites a conversation absolutely definitely oh that's me next that was my bad (laughs) (laughs) well you looked over at someone else so i was like oh but no all right anyway to the Girl Scout story that we were talking about earlier. The Girl Scouts of USA organization is suing the Boy Scouts of America after they claim the new co-ed Boy Scout programs infringed on GSUSA's trademark, reports NPR. The lawsuit claims that 
By using the words scout or scouting without any qualifiers, BSA, Boy Scouts of America, is attempting to confuse families into signing their girls up for their programs. They say that families might believe the organizations have merged or that GSUSA programs are, quote, niche services with limited utility and appeal. The lawsuit also claims the BSA used a quote from the Girl Scouts founder in their new materials. GSUSA said they are confused as to why BSA would aim to recruit girls instead of the 90% of young boys who are not part of Boy Scouts. BSA reviewed the lawsuit and said they approve of any organization which builds character in youths, including Girl Scouts, and said, quote, they believe that there is an opportunity for both organizations to serve youth in our communities. Boy Scouts has also said they have had co-ed programs since the early 1970s. BSA currently has 2.4 million members, less than half their membership in 1970s peak, and GSUSA said they have 1.8 million girls in their program. And this is the topic of our roundtable. So if you want to sort of get in on uh, on this scout on scout suing action and tell us what you think is going down in in scout town, you could always call or text in at 970-491-5278. And I have some uh, particularly interesting points uh, I, I'd, I'd like to bring up. Well, maybe not interesting points, but just things that I'm like, oh, this is what? Bring them up. But that's for a roundtable. Oh, it's not yet. And that's not yet. <laughs> In about five minutes, five to ten minutes. <laughs> so keep that dialogue because uh, we're going to talk it's about coming. it then. And Katie's going to talk about weed. One, yes, it's a fun subject to talk about. One winner of this year's midterm elections was cannabis on Tuesday <laughs> night. <laughs> on Tuesday, on Tuesday night, Michigan became the tenth state to legalize recreational cannabis, with Utah and Missouri passing measures to legalize medical cannabis. Reports Business Insider. North Dakota was the only state out of the four that had a measure for legal cannabis and failed to pass it. After Tuesday night, 33 states have some sort of legal cannabis law, whether it be recreational or medical, representing about one-fifth of the United States. A recent poll from Pew Research revealed that 62% of Americans support the legalization of recreational cannabis, which includes 74% of millennials. Outside of the states that passed measures regarding cannabis, many states elected pro-pot candidates, reports the Chicago Tribune. Among these states are Illinois, Connecticut, Maine, Minnesota, and New Mexico. The elected governor of Wisconsin, Tony Evers, says he is not opposed to legalizing cannabis and would like a statewide referendum to settle the issue. Former Attorney General Jeff Sessions, a diehard prohibitionist, ordered prosecutors to enforce federal laws reflecting, quote, Congress's determination that marijuana is a dangerous drug and that marijuana activity is a serious crime. However, members of Congress on both sides of the aisle, including Republican Senator Rand Paul and Democratic Senators Cory Booker and Kirsten Gillibrand, proposed ending the federal prohibition on medical cannabis just last year. Interesting stuff. It's uh, I think that's one of the more interesting topics that it is politically fun to watch develop because you I, I, since the time I've like started you know since Colorado legalized pot mm-hmm. and then you start to see this shift towards you know almost 
four-fifths of the U.S. have some type of legal legislation regarding marijuana, and there's 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 all that. So it's like it, it's definitely a culture shift, I suppose, mm-hmm. and it's it's cool to see that play out. You know, regardless of what your thoughts are. Yeah, yeah. it definitely is a big shift. Um, I feel like eventually it really is inevitable because the more states that pass it, the less or the more trouble they're going to have with federal versus state laws, especially in terms of crossing over state lines. Right. I know Kansas and Nebraska had had some issues with Colorado. Oh, yeah. And I don't know. I just feel like once like a domino effect. Yeah, I agree. You know. So, yeah, you're right. It will be an interesting thing to see, you know, in each election. It seems like more and more states are turning green, I guess you could say. Turning green. (laughs) The the title of that, the the real winner of this midterm season was cannabis. That was, I couldn't take it. We noticed. We heard you. (laughs) It was contagious. It was contagious. It was. So here's my prediction for the 2020 election. I know we've been on the election coverage right now. President Donald Trump is going to make pot legal because he's going to use it as an approval boost. Mark my words. Oh, wow, that's bold. That is a bold That's a bold claim, but also, you know, both know pe- people on both sides of the aisle are supportive of, of it. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I could see that happening. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I, pretty smart. I don't know. I guess I will be waiting and see. <laughs> when we come back to do our alumni Rocky Mountain review in 2020, yeah, we can yeah, revisit we can this. Revisit. See <laughs> if yeah. JD was right. <laughs> we will play this exact clip, and I'll be like, "I was right. I'm I, I deserve a a a, a big medal." Yeah, that's what you want. Yep. That's, yeah, that's all you you want. I don't know. That's maybe, all you want, really. Maybe like a Ferrari or something. Can yeah, we okay. Just tone it down a that's little. A, yeah, wow, that's that's a, that, that was a big jump. I don't know. Gold's pretty expensive. Big gold medals. I was thinking like a beer. I don't know. Yeah, like a beer from the Skeller. That's not a gold medal. That's a golden beverage. Not Same mm-hmm. thing to me. <laughs> and speaking of budget, this week is our KCSU DJ Athon. If you like the rambling Rocky Mountain review content you consistently get and you want to keep updated on all your local Colorado as well as national news, and just help out a little bit. You can always donate to us on our PayPal site. Do it. It it goes a long way. We are currently zero dollars into our goal for today, which is a big bummer sad. because it is, well, sad. it is almost five o'clock. It is I know. yeah, it is almost five o'clock. And oh, as of now, we have hit our donation goals for our past three days. And yes, you know, and it, if you donate today, Crazy Carl's, your cream cheese loving pizza place will does match. That now, well, no, it really doesn't. If you go to Boulder, they don't have cream cheese. What? Really? Yeah, it's terrible, and it's very embarrassing when you try to order it. <laughs> <laughs> but that is a story for another time. Anyway, Crazy Carl's will match our donation. So we really, really, really do need and appreciate any donations that you can give us. The littlest bit helps. And if you donate, you will get a link to our exclusive in-studio live performance CD, which has some awesome 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 songs on it and you will get that it will be fantastic and you can donate by going to kcsufm.com slash donate it's that easy just click the button in the top right and any amount really does help like even yeah, a dollar we will it's true. appreciate it because it'll be matched and then it'll be two dollars exactly. we're broke college students that carries out right on into the yeah. radio please consider donating <laughs> 
And CKCSC. Don't make Katie cry. Don't it's hate. Just, I love it so much. She does. She really does. Uh. <laughs> oh, God. But in all seriousness, she does love it. She loved it I enough do. to fake cry for it. <laughs> Those weren't fake <laughs> tears. Oh, that's right. That's a real cry. I'm sorry. Totally real cry. So many emotions. <laughs> we have one more national news story, and then we will dive into our discussion on the Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts controversy. Controversy. Yes. Archaeologists working in Indonesia have discovered what could be some of the oldest figurative paintings ever found and could be at least 40,000 years old, reports Christopher Joyce of NPR. The painting was located in a series of limestone caves in the remote mountains of Indonesia and is one of thousands of cave paintings and stencils found in the caves. Locals have reportedly known of the cave paintings, but did not know just how old they were. Archaeologist Maxime Aubert of Griffith University in Australia used a new dating technology measuring the thorium and uranium in the painting to find how old the painting actually was, realizing that it was between 52,000 and 40,000 years old. The oldest of the paintings depicts a cow, and the other paintings include representations of people, animals, and many hand stencils. Aubert states, quote, You can see the things they were doing, ritual dances. They were wearing those headdresses. You can see all of that. End quote. Interesting stuff. That's really cool. Mm. But, it's cool how they... Oh, oh go I was going to say, it's cool how they like, figured out how old it was. Yeah, that was one of the things I was like... Using radioactivity to use this, but the date range, there's like 12,000 years. It's like, what? That's a lot of time. That is a lot of time. But then when you think of how much time it's been from then to now, 12,000 years really isn't that much. True. (laughs) And then we'll be back here in 12,000 years for the mega alumni (laughs) Rocky Mountain Review. Yes, definitely. Where we talk about the elections of 4020. If there are forty twenty, whoa, whoa, <laughs> very, very interesting. We'll save that clip and then air it on the forty twenty elections. <laughs> we can't wait. I know we have too many predictions. Edge of my seat. <laughs> this is why we those. need a Twitter so we can hashtag. No. I know. Hashtag. If you think we need a Twitter, let us know. Hashtag forty twenty. <laughs> okay, I'll stop. I'll stop. <laughs> Girl Scouts suing the Boy Scouts. Thoughts, yeah. comments, criticisms, ideas. How do you think it would work? How do you think it would break? I mean, I'm confused that using the word scout or scouting is bad because the Boy Scouts already use the word scout. And I'm sure there's more logistics than that. But on the surface, I don't really that does that part doesn't make sense to me. They're I think not it, having a standoff. They're having a scout off. Oh, <laughs> good I, one. I think what it comes down to is the Girl Scouts are upset because now they're the the Former Boy Scouts, they, they they call themselves the BSA, but they're just the Scouts of America, um, are now stealing their, their demographic. Because the Girl Scouts, they're like, oh, what, what? The girls were our thing for years, and now you're taking them? What? Yeah, that's true, because it did say Girl Scouts are confused as to why Boy Scouts would aim to recruit girls instead of the 90% oh. of young boys who are not a part of Boy Scouts. I feel like it's not Boy Scouts doing this. Isn't that everyone who got all up in arms about Boy Scouts not letting girls in? Yeah. So, I mean, this is this is definitely a product of that, I would suppose. So, for you and our listeners who might not be informed on the situation, Boy Scouts of America was in some uh, hot water uh, last year or the year before. 
where they were sort of having, um, you know, people weren't super happy that girls couldn't join the Boy Scouts, which, you know, part of it's in, I suppose, what they said, it was like in the name, it was like what they did, and they were like, it's a, it's it's for, for young boys to come together and do outdoors things, but people were raising the argument, it's like, well, girls could do that, girls want to do that. So they ended up dropping um, boys and just becoming Scouts of America, and now they're sort but of But Girl Scouts out. can still be Girl Scouts. Yeah. That's so kind it's of... just like Scouts with different activities. Yeah. And then the Girl Scouts is mostly for girls and the Boy Yeah, Scouts it's like Girl Scouts is the boys. same and Boy Scouts is also the same, but now girls can be in okay. it. Okay, I understand now. Which I think is kind of dumb, though. I don't get, like, if you're going to combine them, I feel like you could just combine all of them and not have a Girl Scouts and a Girl and Boy Scouts. Maybe they should have, like, Scouts A and Scouts B, so, like, gender is out of it. Nobody gets mad. Maybe. Yeah. Scouts A is, like, the... Well, well, we still have cookies from the Girl Scouts. That is true. I don't want their cookies mm-hmm. to go. That's the thing. I don't know. And maybe me personally, though, I have always been a little bit of a girly girl. I've never been down to do all that crazy Boy Scout stuff. So I like having that outlet. I guess not saying that girls shouldn't be able to have that outlet. But I think people kind of, I don't know, look down on the things the Girl Scouts do because it's not manly and overlooking and in a way it's kind of to me i feel like it's almost reverse sexism because they're thinking it's sexist that girl scouts can't do the stuff boy scouts can do but they're also at the same time looking down on all the stuff the girl scouts have accomplished and i feel like it's a little i see where they're coming from but i think they're approaching it backwards i think they're just businesses and they're upset that they're losing their market yeah that too that too i hope they're not just businesses i don't know little brownie past (laughs) me it's like you always learn about all the Girl Scout leaders and all the good stuff they said. I started crying once because they made me clean the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> and then I didn't have to clean them. I know. So that's what I learned. I was the only one that <laughs> I didn't get a patch because I didn't sell enough cookies. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. I know. Was, How do you not sell enough cookies? I was not a very outgoing kid, and so I really didn't like to ring doorbells and ask people to buy them. Yeah. Okay. So it's kind of my own fault. Buy <laughs> 700 packs of Thin Mints for me. I wish, but my mom was all like, no, I'll buy two, and then you have to do work, which is a good lesson. A good Thank lesson. you, Mom. I'm glad, but also, ugh. <laughs> I, I didn't know. get a patch. I hope nothing ever happens with uh, those cookies, because if I don't I get them. my at least, I don't know, I probably buy between 30 and 40 boxes of Thin Mints and eat them all throughout the course of a year. Dude, I will tell you what. <laughs> I'll mark my words for anybody who doesn't do this. You put your Thin Mints in the freezer and you have cold Thin Mints before you go to bed mm. and you will have the nicest, most relaxing sleep of your life. <laughs> that it is, is true. It is a science fact. That's some news is for it? you. That is real news from the Rocky Mountain Review. Hashtag Thin Mints. Cold Thin Mints. <laughs> oh, my God. I need to stop. I need to you are obsessed with I know. Yeah. You need to, stop like, up, turn up. Turn, just turn off my mic. <laughs> hey. Hey. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> just kidding. Well. All right. Well, on that note, I think. Uh, hashtag I'm, Mute Emily. Hashtag, hashtag Mute Emily. Mute em- so one, one more time. Just. all right all right all right we are we have hopped hopped the chain from news and on to uh science fact and muting emily but we still have things that we want to deliver i don't know about you guys but i'm always looking for new music and i know somebody who's always looking to showcase some new tunes our very own mia sawaya who might as well just be our musical reporter as well as our local reporter has got us another swanky danky music review 
this time on Disclosure. Any uh, any opening comments on it? It was fun to produce. I like the music. That's pretty much it. All right, Mia, I have a question to ask for you to Ooh. think of while, uh, while we go through this. Favorite instrument on the album? Okay, I'll be thinking. Good. All right, now keep that dial locked only here on 90.5 KCSU for Collins. Disclosure was busy this summer as they released five songs throughout August. The English brothers plan to release an untitled compilation vinyl of all these singles. Each song samples a different artist, and the group explained on Twitter that this exploration of music is what inspired them to re-enter the music scene after a two-year break. Most of the songs are about love, and all of them have a danceable quality. The first single Disclosure released this year was called Ultimatum. This song samples Malian singer Fatumata Diawara's song, Marriage, which came out in 2013. Fatumata sings in the Bambara dialect while explaining her want for transparency and attempt at understanding why her man does not want a marriage. The original song incorporates plenty of bass and trumpet, but Disclosure puts an electronic twist on the song with a vibey beat. Disclosure enters the realm of disco music with their fourth single, Funky Sensation. This energetic track samples Gwen McRae's song, also titled Funky Sensation, which came out in 1981. When comparing this track to McRae's original, you feel like you're being fast-forwarded as Disclosure speeds up the vocals significantly. single of the summer is called Where Angels Fear to Tread. It samples a song called Fools Rush In by the band The Four Freshmen, which came out in 1961. The original song is a very slow love song, but by speeding up the vocals, Disclosure gives the song a funky yet dreamy sound. Disclosure's singles show how fun samples can make the music scene. From the Rocky Mountain Review, I'm Mia Sawaya, and you're listening to 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. Oh, 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 oh.